0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au So we're going to be uh, unpacking shortly uh, through Luke chapter 8 and a few uh, of Paul's letters as well. Uh, Just really briefly, it's in the YouVersion app. Um, in my events or under events if you want to follow along the text there the text will also be on the screen but i really just want to uh, introduce this new series and uh, unpack what this might look like over the next few weeks Um, the last few weeks as we've spoken about and if you haven't been here i'd encourage you to download the podcast or listen to the messages uh, especially if you're new amongst us or you're trying to settle into the life of the church it gives a great picture of who we are and how we try and function a little bit but what we learned over the last few weeks, as we're constantly reminded, and as Rob again has reminded us, is that our relationship with God is also a relationship with one another. We cannot separate the two. If we're followers of Jesus and we're in a relationship with God, we've recognized Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that is actually an invitation and even a command to be in relationship with one another. As I have loved you, Jesus starts, because of who I see you to be, because of my love, now that you receive that, I want you to go out and share that love, express that love, live out that love, so that the world will know. I think one of the things is we feel like we have to force it down, and yet the the unique uh, wording of that passage in John chapter 13, verse 34, is that Jesus says, as I have loved you, now you just go and love people and let them catch up, (laughs) let them run alongside in some sense. So, uh, But what we do know about our relationships is that our relationships can be exhilarating. Uh, Relationships can be messy uh, and unpredictable and fulfilling and just downright hard work. Um, And all of us are probably in the midst of one of those right now. Uh, Relationships can be heartbreaking. We all know that. We've all experienced that, haven't we? Uh, and the reality alongside that is that we continue to be participating in the changing nature of our society, in our culture and the relationships, how we respond to those. And what we want to do over the next few weeks is ex- or ask the question about how do we continue to explore, value and fully participate in the gift of relationships. And hopefully you'll see that unpack over the next few weeks. See, once upon a time, if you grew up in the church and if you grew up in a church not too far from here, you understood and experienced the church to be family. Now, what that meant was that you generally looked out for each other because you knew everybody. And if you, if perhaps even more, you knew everybody's business. Yeah? Yeah, some of you are going back. I think it was 19, what year was it, Ivan? When, what year were you married? 56 years married, Ivan and Judy. What year were you married? 63. So somewhere around that in the Horsham Church of Christ... Uh, when Ivan and Judy were married that essentially connected the church as family right when Ivan and Judy got married you knew you were family Um, I'm not sure you really fully appreciating the value of this but um, and some people who came into the church really felt that you came into the church perhaps you moved in from outside and you knew that this church was just one big family everybody knew everybody And everybody knew everybody's business, whether you wanted them to or not. Um, That's probably true historically of a lot of churches. Some of you are laughing at that, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, But once we started gathering over 50 people, 60 people, 80 people, it becomes really difficult to know everybody. And we have a sense of sadness about that, particularly as we think about our church. If you've grown up in the church for any length of time... You have a sense of sadness about that. As much as it might have been frustrating that people knew our business when we didn't want them to, there's also a sense of sadness that we don't know everybody anymore. And even some of our greatest sadness was that if we grew up in the church and particularly in in country areas or more country areas where the, the farming communities were established, you know, you used to walk to church and you'd go to the same church for generation after generation after generation. But slowly the farming communities changed. And slowly that meant that this church is no longer doing a children's ministry or really speaking into our kids' lives or our youth ministry. And so we'd pick our kids up and we'd get in our cars or our horse and carts if you're that old and that far along ago. And I've heard stories of this, so I'm not being disrespectful. And they'd pick their kids up and they'd go to the next local church just over the hill a little bit where there was something happening for their youth and their children. Because they recognised if they wanted to invest in their kids, they needed to shift out of what they knew. But that creates difficulty too because we don't know everybody. And as much as we do something to help our children grow or even because we want our faith to grow, there's a sense of sadness because the relationships have shifted and changed. And those movements, those shifts and exploring other churches changed the way that we connected with one another and engage with one another. We weren't suddenly quite the family that we once knew. I read an article this week from a a gentleman by the name of Rick Cromie, who quotes a study from University of Kansas on the nature of uh, friendships. And he says this, It takes about 50 hours of time spent in leisure at home or at play to move a relationship from acquaintance to casual friendship It takes 90 hours for a casual relationship to mature into a friendship and more than 200 hours for close friend status to happen. That means in a relationship, you need to spend, if you're going to spend intentionally full time, you'd need to be with one person full time for at least four weeks. Imagine that. But, you know, this is in the midst of our jobs and our families and our schools. And so we kind of move in and out of these relationships. Rick Cromie reflects on the nature of relationships, and particularly the nature of relationships or friendships, if we want to speak uh, more intentionally in that, in the church. And some of us will feel this quite uh, deeply. It's no wonder, he says, most American Christians are dissatisfied with the lack of connection in the Sunday morning worship experience. The weekly attendance ritual is reduced to sitting or standing, looking at the back of someone's head and then going home. In short, the church of the late 21st century lost the fine art of friendship. Now some of us are sitting here right now going, yes. Correct. There wouldn't be one person in this room who hasn't felt disconnected, lonely or cut off. That's that's regardless, regardless of how long you've spent in any church or wherever you've been. If you've grown up in this church, you would have felt that. If you haven't grown up in this church and you've come into the life of the church, if you've been in this church and moved away and come back, all of us at some point have felt disconnected, disengaged, lonely. That would be fair, wouldn't it? And it's really easy, and I know we can really then, we start to... Point the finger and imagine what happened. But I just want us to recognise that and hold it there. Because what I want us to do today and then over the next few weeks is explore how we reclaim this gift of friendship and more particularly go and expand that in our relationship with other people. And can I be completely honest with you, there's a sense of struggle and tension in me because this seems really simple and really... um, I don't know what the word is, but I've really been struggling with it all week and I've got to the place where I felt like it was important to do and just really strip everything back and just really re-examine things because we might not be able to fix everything. But if I can respond personally to something different, and I hope this is how you might take this series and this message today, it might be something that I can respond to personally. What's one thing that I can do here today? What's one thing that our family can do here today? What's one attitude that needs to shift in me? Because friendship is not the responsibility. Your friendships are not my responsibility. I'm responsible for my friendships. <laughs> and sometimes my friends find that really hard work. <laughs> so how do we reclaim the fine art of friendship? Well, I've got a, I've got a few keys for you. You ready for it? This is from Scripture, so you'll find it really easy. you find it really straightforward, really engaging, really warming, and really welcoming. Are you ready for it? I feel like you're all just suspicious, actually, but greet one another with a holy kiss. <laughs> all the churches of Christ send greetings. All the brothers and sisters here send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. Go. We're in... Thank you, Steve. And You can keep that to yourself. Um, Well, so what? We in trouble in our friendships then? Are we this insecure in our friendships? Or is this just for another time and another season? So it's like, look, if you're new to our church, we're not that weird. Um, So just breathe. That's okay. If you're discovering who Jesus is or if you're trying to work out what church looks like or if this is where you want to fit, it's okay. If you're an introvert just breathe. If you're an extrovert, back off. <laughs> Step away. If you see me putting my foot down here like this and I'm leaning backwards, I don't want you any closer. All right. But for the early church, this was a significant time because this was a church under threat. This is a church being persecuted. This was a church not even sure if they could gather together. And so this is a church where families were gathering or members of families were gathering knowing that they were ostracised and cut off from their family. So when you came to gather together as followers of Jesus, followers of the way, where you saw the little fish symbol drew drawn on the ground or on the, on the door jam somewhere to identify this is a safe place, you would be welcomed as family. You would be welcomed knowing that this is a safe place for you. You would be welcomed knowing that you have been invited in, that you are now one of the brothers and sisters as followers of Jesus. This is a place where despite the fact that we are all different, despite the fact that we've all come from different backgrounds and understandings and expressions of life, we have a sense of solidarity here because we are all followers of Jesus and you are welcome. Now, if we took those four references as that and remembered that, that could be a dynamic kind of movement of friendship, couldn't it? So before the levels of discomfort increase any further, (laughs) because I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that we adopt a holy kiss. I don't know actually what that would look like as opposed to an unholy kiss, but um, (laughs) there's an image for you. But I do think it offers a power and possibility when we are willing to greet one another. And this is the first of the gifts, to simply greet one another. Have you ever thought about how often you say hello to someone? If you sleep with someone, you probably wake up and the first thing you do is say hello, good morning, or complain about each other's breath, I don't know. If you have children, maybe you go like we have in our children's lifetime. We love going in and waking them up with a song or switching the light on or pulling the blinds up and greeting them with some sense of joy, which I've always enjoyed doing considering I'm not a morning person either. So um, so maybe getting up in the morning is about... Uh, some parents, you feeling that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe... Um, Maybe it's the morning grunt. Maybe it's the wave to the neighbours as they go out the driveway. Maybe you do that in a crowd. Um, The arm wave, the head nod. You done that? Hello. We thought about how often you would say hello or greet someone when you buy your coffee, when you go shopping for your groceries or when you buy new clothes or you're looking to purchase new shoes or new items, when you ring someone up to... um, You know, have you thought about how you say hello when you're frustrated at the utility companies? Because it's the the other person on the other end of the phone, it's all their fault. Have you thought about how you say hello in that moment? How you greet someone? They've had 50 calls and you're the 51st one that's yelling at them. Or the 51st, or the first one who actually says hello and treats them like a human being. You, You try this, next time you're talking to someone on the phone, you know how someone picks up the phone and they say, you know, so for argument's sake, um, you know, g'day, you've, you've reached um, energy company, whatever that might be, or phone company. Uh, you're speaking with Simon, how can I help you? You just stop in that moment, take a breath and say, g'day, Simon, how's your day been? And you watch them, not listen to them, not knowing what to do or how to respond. Because they're about business. How sad is that? How sad is that? But if you thought about wandering down the street, how many waves you've given, how many times you've raised a finger as you're driving your car, you do that? I do because I'm cool. Um, (laughs) You thought about your email, I'll just move on. Um, You thought about your emails, your letters, your phone calls, the work. Hi, hello, g'day, morning, afternoon. Oi, how are you? See, we underestimate the power of this simple gesture to greet one another. So there's a story in Luke chapter 8. Jesus has been walking throughout the countryside. Crowd gathers and they're welcoming. He's come back into a, a, one of the townships that he's been visiting. A crowd welcomed him in Luke chapter 8, verse 40. For they are all expecting him. And then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, so a reasonably important guy in the community, comes up to Jesus. He falls at his feet, pleading with him, come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. And as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. So it's a pretty intense kind of environment. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, you have been ridiculous. The people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Now I love the example that Jesus sets here. In the midst of a crowd, in the midst of being really intentional, Jesus responds to a need. He stops long enough to say hello. And I know there's lots more of it, and that's that's what I mean. This is seems really simplistic, but I don't know. We I don't. I get really focused on stuff. I miss things because I get so focused on stuff. I've had people upset at me because I didn't look at them the right way because I was so focused on stuff or I didn't recognise them or I didn't shake their hand or I didn't wave because I was so focused on stuff. Jesus was being crushed. I've never been in a crowd like that. And he had the capacity and the willingness to still stop long enough to recognise someone who shouldn't have been recognised and who hadn't been recognised who was at threat of being stoned because she was even out in public. And all she wanted to do was just touch the edge because for her that was enough. Despite the intent of Jesus, despite Jesus being about his father's business, Jesus pays attention to the interruptions along the way. And I think that's an incredible Uh, image of who Jesus is in his ministry it will surprise you that uh, throughout this week I was um, in a cafe it doesn't happen very often Um, now I I said as I was walking out of the cafe I was about to go and sit outside uh, and waited for my coffee and and I said hello to this uh, woman who was sitting there waiting for her takeaway coffee I even used her name I walked out of the door and I said, G'day, Jess. And you know how people look up at you and they've got that look that says, I don't know you, you're weird. That's the kind of look. And I said, Jess, right? And she said, yeah. I said, you sung at carols, right? No. I thought we had this, you know, I've said hello to Jess numerous times because she sings at carols. Not this Jess. She's just some person sitting there waiting for a coffee that this nut job said hello to. So i said g'day jess i'm simon have a good day and kept walking now one of two things happened i either made her day or i freaked her out for the rest of the day (laughs) i would hope it was someone paid attention the other thing that happened not 45 minutes later i was walking to another appointment in another cafe um, (laughs) and a local tradie looks at me you know that look that when people look at you and they go yeah, I do know you, but I'm not really sure. You know that look? So he's looking at me that way. And as I walked to him, uh, I said, G'day, and he goes, Simon, you, you play football. Must be my physique and my... <laughs> um, and I said, yeah, yeah. G'day, and I said, Steve. And he said, yeah, Bushy. I still don't remember him. Um, <laughs> now, I kid you not, in five minutes, I'd heard what had happened his career in the mines in six and a half minutes, uh, in, in working six and a half years in the mines. He's now working in Horsham, feeling overworked, underpaid, not really well respected or regarded in his job because the demands are so busy. He, I'd heard about how many children he had. He, I'd heard that he's no longer with his partner and the mistake that he made at work the other day. All because I said hello. So some, this is the lesson in this greeting one another. Sometimes you're a weirdo and sometimes you learn something. (laughs) And either one's beautiful. All because we stop long enough. Just touch the edge of a cloak. See, sometimes when we greet each other, others, we look silly and other times we get their life story. It might not be a holy kiss, but greeting one another is significant. And I want to give you several reasons why. I think greeting one another expresses a desire to be present. Now, we're not going to be able to give time and please don't be upset if you're walking out of here and someone just gives you a wave and that's all you get. You've been seen. And sometimes if someone misses your wave, it's nothing personal. It's not really personal. You were just more present in that moment than they were at that point. There's this beautiful gift that Christians in the church like to advocate for called Forgiveness where we release our disappointments, where we let go of our disappointments so we can start up fresh again the next day, the next minute. Remember, we dust our feet off, shake the dust of our feet so we can move to the next opportunity. Greeting one another expresses a desire to be present, creates opportunities to be present. It indicates when we greet someone intentionally and really purposefully, when we take the time to look in the eye, call them by name or ask them what their name is because we've forgotten that one person matters. One person matters. Jesus is being crushed by a crowd on his way to an important man's house in that local community because of his daughter dying, and he stops long enough for one person. One person matters. Greeting one another creates opportunities to go a little bit deeper. Yep, you might have a schedule, we might have an appointment. Okay, you might need to really be there at that time, that's okay. We might not be able to dismiss that, but to greet someone, here's their story. Sometimes we can be surprised by how much value we give to people simply because we look them in the eye and we took the time to greet them. Now, there might be opportunity that comes out of that and builds out of that. They remember you, you remember them. They ring you up and say, hey, I just really appreciated that time. Or you ring them up later and say, hey, I'm sorry I had to keep going. Do you want to catch up? Creates opportunities to go deeper. Greeting one another creates opportunities just to care for one another. Now, it might not be in that moment, and it might not be in that second, might not be at that minute. Maybe you've got to go and do other things, as I said, and maybe it's a bit similar to the previous three, but it's the element of care. Because what we know is that church is changing, community is changing. But if we can shine a little bit of light on relationships, it starts with a hello, a g'day, oi, afternoon, morning, how are you? See, when we greet people, we see people. And I know this can be difficult, especially in a crowd, as we've already expressed. And particularly on a Sunday morning, see, it's really easy on a Sunday morning to connect with our friends, to connect with our life group, to connect with our family. And I get it. Because on a Sunday morning, sometimes that's what we need. Yeah? Sometimes we want to come here, we want to catch up with those familiar faces. Sometimes you could be, I could be the difference between someone taking one step closer to Jesus through the church or one step further away? But the family and friends, I know how important they are because they have shared the 200 hours with us. They feel safe. We trust them. But what about those who might be wandering around the crowd hoping that nobody notices them? See, the reality is, uh, and I know when I hope that I'm not noticed there are times where I've just appreciated someone saying g'day. Makes all the difference. And some, look, I know what the other thing about this is that sometimes some of you will come up to me and say, oh yeah, I tried saying hello to them and they didn't give me much, they said nothing, so I don't know what to do. (laughs) That's pretty much what it's like. That's okay. Go up to the next person, start again. Go back to that person the next week And say hello again. Forgiveness. Not allowing this terrible experience or this bad experience to put us off. See, it's easy to point when people didn't see us. It's easy to express disappointment, frustration and loneliness. But what if these wounds that we have felt are opportunities to surrender? What if the wounds that we have felt are opportunities and places of healing that might bring about new life and new relationships? What if these wounds that we've felt are wounds that are healed by Jesus so following Jesus becomes about paying attention to the interruptions along the way? Who are those on the fringe of our friendships that we could be greeting to establish the gift of relationship and offer the gift of relationship? Who are those that might already be reaching out and touching the edge of our cloaks that we need to take enough time to simply stop and say hello? There could be someone who's walked in today or there could be someone that you meet throughout this week who simply wants to know that they are seen. And you could be the difference. I could be the difference. And the greatest gift we were given is a relationship that God has desired with us. It's been fully revealed And one who's fully invited and openly invited through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. And because of his gift, we're invited to share it with others. The difference in a day might be because we choose to express solidarity with someone else. Because we choose to stop long enough to say hello. Your hello, your g'day could be the hope, the welcome and the invitation someone is waiting to hear. You could offer a gift of relationship to someone that's caught off guard by you being on guard and willing to respond to the interruptions. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you and praise you for who you are. We want to thank you for the time of ministry and healing and worship uh, where you have been active where you've been restoring and renewing us, where you've been convicting us and awakening new things within us. Father, forgive us because sometimes we lose sight of the small things along the way. Uh, More than that, we, we lose sight of what you might be inviting us into. So help us to pay attention. Help us to be attentive with all the things that we have to do. Help us to be attentive to those who might be simply wanting to touch the edge of our cloaks. Thank you for the gift of relationship that you've expressed, the love that you've had for us where you don't want one person to perish, but all to come to know you and declare Jesus through Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. Father, we pray that in our time, uh, in our days, in our weeks, in our coming and going, that in the saying of a that we might be reminded of the gift of relationship that you first offered and express that to one another. And in all this, we give you thanks and honour and praise.